Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 24 called, How Long, O Lord? I'm going to backtrack just for a moment to show you a few highlights as Job uh, replied in Job 23.1, if you got your Bible in front of you, you'll notice at the heading of many of the chapters, you'll see who the speaker is. And it's not always Job. Sometimes it's one of Job's friends. It could be Eliphaz, the Temanite, or it could be Bildad, the Shuhite, who was the shortest man in the Bible. Remember that? Bildad, the Shuhite, and never mind. Anyway. And this is something Job said in Job 23, verse 9, that I want to just remind you of because it's so beautiful. And it has a question, but then there's confidence. Notice, these are several great statements of faith. We saw them last week, but they're worth looking at again. He says of God, when he acts on the left, Job 23, 9, I cannot behold him. He turns on the right, I cannot see him. But he knows the way I take, Job 23, 10. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot has held fast to his path. I have kept his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from the command of his lips. I've treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread or my necessary food. But he is unique in who can turn him. And what his soul desires, that he does. Many times in the book of Job, you're going to see Job ask deep questions about suffering and pain and timing and the problem of evil in the world. And then you'll see these little gems of faith and hope little gems of gold that we could put in our treasure chest. In fact, in the midst of Job's suffering and pain, some of the most significant, incredible, and profound Bible verses that I know of that have ministered to me in my own Christian walk have come from the book of Job. And they're amazing verses about Job's priority, that it was God, but at the same time, Job had questions. A life of faith can allow for struggles and questions and yet still be a life of faith. I think it is silly for us to think that if we think something in our mind, we can't say it with our mouth. Now, I'm always wanting to be careful what I say to God, but I know he already knows what I'm thinking too. So sometimes I can be in this mode. Lord, I'm struggling with this, and I don't understand it, and I don't know what you're doing, but would you help me to trust you? In the midst of the I don't knows, in the midst of I don't get it, and I'm not sure I can piece this together or, you know, draw the right uh, lines and connect the dots, but I'm going to place my trust and faith in you. The speeches that are recorded in these following chapters, chapters 24 through 27, if you pick up a set of commentaries, are debated. In fact, there are some modern scholars that believe that chapters 24 through 27 of Job are corrupted. They believe that there was a corruption in the transmission. I say hooey. <laughs> I say uh-uh. There's no textual evidence that they were corrupted, but sometimes scholars think that just because a flow of thought has shifted away or changed a little bit, maybe there was a corruption in the manuscript. And in this case, I'm going to say absolutely not. 
See, these speeches that were delivered in the book of Job are recorded as they were in the midst of pain and debate and questions and suffering. They are not exam papers that were submitted in the right font size and with the right uh, spacing and that kind of thing. They are emotional. They are stress-filled. They are questions that are asked. And so sometimes when you read your Bible and you see stuff like this, you just have to realize that it's, it's recording the very humanity that we all can relate to. And it's not always going to be perfectly symmetrical or, uh, you know, kind of flow the way that we would expect. So I would just say, I mention that to you because you may see that in something that you read about the book of Job. Just put that aside. I don't think there's any compelling evidence for that view. I think what we have is we have the direct record of a man who questioned, and a man who sometimes when he questioned, then he'd come full circle to have faith. He would believe, but it, he would end up at his belief through a whole minefield of questions. You ever been there before? <laughs> you ever gone through a, an hour or 15 minutes or a day where you had all your questions, and then finally you heard a Bible verse or someone sent you a text or you heard a message on the radio, and you're like, that puts everything into perspective. Never mind. <laughs> I think that's how Job is sometimes. And I can relate to that in my humanity. I mentioned in my prayer that even the greater Job, the great Job, Jesus, the ultimate innocent sufferer, had his questions from the cross. My God, my God, why? That was a very human question. My God, why have you forsaken me? And we know the answer to the question. The answer to the question, why, is so that you wouldn't be forsaken. It's so that you could be reconciled to God. Amen? That's why Jesus went through what he went through. But he still had his questions, and we do too. We've been presenting another idea before us in the book of Job, and that's the idea of redemptive suffering. And that is that sometimes when we go through suffering, God has a plan through that suffering, and that suffering may be redemptive in your life or in somebody else's life as they watch or the after effect. Job said, after he has tried me, I will come forth as what? As gold. Now, the refining process for the the gold is a difficult one. It's the gold is heated and the dross is scraped off. And we've heard about the silversmith and we've heard about that process. And we've even, some of us who have been in the church for some time, even used to sing a song, Refiner's Fire, My Heart's One Desire. Oh, you don't realize what you were singing, did you? Is to be holy, holy. God says, okay. See, if you want to be holy, you're going to get scraped. And sometimes it's going to be hot. And sometimes it's going to hurt. And all God's people said, ouch. Right? Sometimes we say that here. We don't always say the amen. We just say the ouch. Right? Because sometimes that's what scripture does. And so Job opens uh, Job 24 by saying, why, Job 24, why are times not stored up by the Almighty? And why do those who know him not see his days? Two thoughts here. One, I think Job is saying, how long is my trial going to last? Now, any of you have ever gone through a physical trial, an emotional trial, uh, a difficulty, whatever the cause may be, that's usually a question at the top of my list. How long is this going to last? 
If it's a physical malady, sometimes some physical things feel like they're going to last forever. And the good news is that trials do come to an end. And sometimes when we have something going on in our body, we uh, even unexpectedly, sometimes it goes away or we get a remedy for that. We pray about it and God gives us a remedy. And I'm not saying that always happens. Some of you have lived with ongoing uh, physical maladies and pain and my heart goes out to you. But we even ask that emotionally and spiritually sometimes. We ask, how long is this going to last? How long will my trial be? I think the second thing that Job is asking, as we'll see from the context of Job 24, is when will the wicked be judged? And the broader idea is how long will the problem of evil go on until you finally remedy this, Lord? He's saying essentially this, when is the day of the Lord coming? And the day of the Lord, if you've not heard that phrase before, is a concept uh, taught in both the Old and New Testament by several of the prophets and several New Testament writers. And the day of the Lord is another way to say the return of Jesus. And when Jesus returns in what I believe is going to be a darkened sky and a light illumines the sky and all the angels with him, he's going to judge the unbelieving world. But before he does that, he's going to rescue his people. And the people of God, even at that time, are going to be saying, how long, O Lord, until you, uh, you recompense the world for the blood that they've shed, for the martyrs that they've killed? And there's so much more that we can say even tonight, things that we don't even know are going on in the world that are utterly evil. That's kind of what Job is saying. When will my trial end, one? And number two, when are you going to judge the wickedness in this world? See, that's why we've called this whole series in the book of Job the problem of evil. It's a problem. But we've also called it and the power of the gospel. Because the problem of evil is satisfied or dealt with in the power of the gospel. What do we do when we're waiting? A couple Psalms. Flip over. Just to your right is the book of Psalms, Psalm 13. Psalm 13. I want to show you a few verses there. This is a short Psalm of David, Psalm 13. Many of the Psalms are lament Psalms. They're, they're questions that the psalmist writes to God. David had his questions. Even though he was a man after God's own heart, a very spiritual, faith-filled man, he said, Psalm 13, verse 1, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long, Psalm 13, 1, will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, or I will sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my adversaries will rejoice when I am shaken. But... I have trusted in your loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Turn over to Psalm 40. Psalm 40. This uh, particular psalm is uh, also a beautiful psalm, and it is a psalm of David. And I want you to see this idea of patiently waiting on God when we consider the idea of how long. When David writes in Psalm 40, verse 1, he says, I waited, what your Bible say? Patiently. Don't pray for that, by the way. Don't pray for patience. Just, just read the verse. <laughs> I waited patiently for the Lord, not for my circumstances to change. 
Not for my burden necessarily to be lifted. I waited for him first and foremost. He is the answer. And he inclined to me and heard my cry. And what did he do? He, God's the one doing it, brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Hey, this is Pastor Shane Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. We want to thank you for listening to the program today. And we want to let you know that we have some new service times on Sunday morning. So we are going to go back to two services on Sunday mornings. One is going to be at 8.30 a.m. and the other is going to be at 10.30 a.m. So we pray that you'll join us for one of those services. I am the music director at the church and we are really excited to be able to worship through music and we're going to worship as well through studying God's word. We're going to worship in spirit and in truth as the scripture commands us to do. So we're really excited. We pray that you'll join us for one of those services this Sunday at 8.30 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. We pray that you have a great week and we thank you for listening to Walk in Truth Radio. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. This uh, particular psalm is uh, also a beautiful psalm, and it is a psalm of David. And I want you to see this idea of patiently waiting on God when we consider the idea of how long. When David writes in Psalm 40, verse 1, he says, I waited, what's your Bible say? Patiently. Don't pray for that, by the way. Don't pray for patience. Just just read the verse. (laughs) I waited patiently for the Lord, not for my circumstances to change, not for my burden necessarily to be lifted. I waited for him, first and foremost. He is the answer. And he inclined to me and heard my cry. And what did he do? He God's the one doing it, brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see in fear and will trust in the Lord. How blessed is the man who has made the Lord his trust and has not turned to the proud, nor to those who lapse into falsehood. When we did the men's retreat, if you turn back to the book of Job, we studied uh, the book of Isaiah. The theme verse was those who wait for the Lord, and it, the, the idea was being renewed was the, uh, the theme of the men's retreat. Our uh, theme verse, Isaiah forty thirty one: those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. Some of you will take note that Isaiah forty thirty one in some translations is those who hope in the Lord, And then some translations have it, those who wait for the Lord, because the Hebrew word for wait and hope are the same Hebrew word and can be translated as wait or hope because it has the same idea. It's a a dual meaning, if you will. So when you think of Isaiah 40, 31, and you picture the eagle soaring, the waiting on the Lord could be rendered this way. It is hopeful waiting or hope-filled waiting. 
So when you think about those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength, they will mount up with wings like eagles, the waiting is hope-filled waiting. See, I'm a Christian, so what I'm waiting for ultimately is the return of my great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? So as I wait for him, my my waiting is hope-filled. Now, the terrain gets bumpy. Life can get difficult and messy. But Jesus is coming. Wail. Isaiah 13, 6 says, For the day of the Lord is near. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. Malachi 4, verse 1 says, For behold, the day is coming, burning like a furnace, and all the arrogant and every evildoer will be chaff. And that day is coming, and it will set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave neither them uh, neither root nor branch. The day of the Lord is coming. But Job says, How long, O Lord? Now, on my good days, I'm not usually saying that. It's usually on my bad days. Usually when I jump, like the other night, I jumped on the 15 freeway. We were, uh, we're actually going to, uh, this is a confession, we're going to Del Taco, all right? So I left the church and I said, I'm going to get on the 15 freeway. And you know how they're doing the construction over here? And, and it was all backed up and it was 9.30 at night. And I said, how long, oh Lord, till I can get my taco I want to put my taco, get my taco on. <laughs> What's going on? Brake lights. And then I started doing this. This is my faith-filled driving experience in Corona. I was like, where, are, where did all these people come from at 9.30 on a Sunday night? I'm going to Dell. <laughs> <I'm go- sighs> anyway, you guys can relate. <laughs> and I said... <laughs> How long? Oh, Lord. And I was crying and whining, and about five minutes after that, it all broke up, and we started to go in. I was like, okay. (laughs) I waited. You guys remember that? For the Lord on high. He heard my cry even about Del Taco. I have no idea if he heard, even cared about that. (laughs) Maybe that's why there was traffic. I didn't need to eat Del Taco at 9.30 at night. Anyway. The ESV of uh, Job 24, verse 1 says, Why are not times of judgment kept by the Almighty? Why do those who know him never see his days? And then if you have an NIV, verse 1, Job 24 says, Why does the Almighty not set times for judgment? Why must those who know him look in vain for such days? Now, I think every Christian who's ever lived for 2,000 years of church history has anticipated the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've talked about the fact that there's some days that I long for that coming more than others. Usually when I look at the world and see the evil in the world, I long for the second coming, and I say, Maranatha, O Lord, come. But the reason that God has not come yet is recorded in 2 Peter 3. You don't have to turn there because you all know the concept. It says that mockers will come in the last days with their mocking, and they will say, where is the promise of his coming? Ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue just as they were from the beginning of creation. But Peter says they overlook a couple of things. God did intervene in history. He made the heavens and the earth. He flooded the world with water, and the heavens and the earth currently are being reserved for fire for the day of the Lord. But keep this in mind, brethren. To the Lord, 
one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day. The Lord is not slack about his promises as some people consider slackness, but he is patient toward you, not wishing that any perish, but all come to repentance. Do you know why the day of the Lord has not come yet? Because God is patient and he doesn't want people to perish. And if somebody's prayer in the 1960s or the 1670s was answered and Jesus came, you ain't in the kingdom, brother, sister. Some of you got saved in the 70s, 80s, 90s. And, and we don't think about this often, but the Lord's patience is your, patience is your salvation. Amen? So we always want to be quick with the clock when we're personally, you know, we have an agenda. Can we get, can we get this going now? We've waited long enough. No, the Lord has other people he wants to bring into the kingdom. And what he said is, you know, as to the times and the epics that the Father set by his own authority, essentially, it's none of your business. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel at this time? Acts chapter 1. Jesus says, not for you to know that. But you're going to get power and you're going to be my witnesses. Now, if you were a, an apostle in the first century waiting for the Holy Spirit to come upon the church, could you have imagined 2,000 years of church history and someone in Corona, California becoming a Christian? No way. You've been listening to How Long, O Lord? Part 1 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 24. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our Free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on the Apple Music app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, maybe you've asked the question, really? How long, oh Lord? How long does my family have to go through this pain? I've, I've been in ministry for quite a number of years now, but I know if you've been a believer for a while, you've probably voiced this along with the psalmist, along with Job, how long, oh Lord? Along with some of the prophets, like I think of Habakkuk, I think said the same thing. How long? Maybe it's the pain of cancer, death, adultery, abuse, loss. How long until we see your favor again? How long, O oh Lord? And, and just in asking the question, there's a beauty there. Can you hear the beauty? It's directed towards God. It's knowing that God is sovereign and God is the one who will allow the, the off-ramp to occur, bring the, the blessing and the stability again to my life. How long, O oh Lord? I believe and even though I'm going through something right now, I'm going to ask you to mercifully bring it to a close, but I'm going to keep my eyes on you, the author and perfecter of my faith. I pray that he would increase your faith today. you be strengthened in your faith as you stay in the word of God. That's a key. And he will bless you and he will strengthen you even as you're in the waiting room, so to speak. 
Well, this is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. Hey, so glad you're listening. Welcome aboard to those who are new to the program. Hey, we're going through the incredible deep book of Job. Yes, of all the books we could teach on the radio, we have gone to the book of Job and we are excited to present it because it's deep, it's profound, sometimes even a little disturbing, but beautiful, deep truth and light. And I pray you're being blessed by it. You're benefiting from it. Hey, if you'd like to partner with us, uh, we have so many new partners who are giving a little or a medium-sized gift, whatever it may be, a one-time gift, uh, becoming a monthly partner. They're saying, we believe in the ministry, keep going. And hey, that means a ton to us. We have a small team here that does this ministry. They do it because their hearts are uh, desperately wanting to get the word of God out. And when you give, you support uh, their efforts, but most of what you're doing really is paying for radio time. And we want to walk through every open door that the Lord would give us. If this would go all over the world, then that's what we want. And so go to walkintruth.com and give today. Give whatever you can. And if you don't have it, don't worry about it. Please pray for us. We deeply appreciate your prayers. It means the world to us. I got a note from... Uh, a person in another state who just said, we're praying for you and we know you're doing good things and it means the world. Hey, we love you. And we'll do another part of How Long, O Lord, tomorrow. We'll see you here. And just a reminder, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events as well. Please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow on this station for part two of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapter 24 called, How Long, O Lord? I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.